Hello, and welcome back to Now Streaming, episode 24. I'm Evan Gulbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. And we're watching all the horror movies currently streaming on Netflix. So you don't have to. This week, we're talking about the 2015 horror movie, The Lazarus Effect. Not The Lazarus Project, which is a... Which we got confused about. Or I got confused. I don't know if you did. All week, I've been uh, mixing it up in my head. <laughs> I keep forgetting what this is actually called. I got really nervous when I pulled up Netflix to watch it. And they both popped up, and I was like, oh my god, what if we accidentally roll The Lazarus Project? <laughs> and we got so excited for the effect, but The Lazarus Project isn't a horror movie, so no. I don't even think it was on our list. Completely unrelated. Yeah. The roulette wouldn't lie to us like that. I would be so upset. This movie was directed by David Gelb, which is a name that I assume doesn't mean anything to our listeners, because it didn't mean anything to me. But uh, he directed a movie that many people have seen called Jiro Dreams of Sushi. I haven't seen it. It's a documentary about an old guy in Japan who has a sushi restaurant. It was a big hit. A lot of people have seen it. I've heard of it. I just haven't seen it. Yeah. And um, he also produced the Netflix series Chef's Table, produced, directed, I don't know, he's very involved mm-hmm. in Chef's Table, which is a you know, nonfiction series about chefs. He also made a documentary about the Ford Mustang. And I'm sure what you're noticing here is that these are all documentaries. documentaries. <laughs> as far as I can tell, this is his only fiction film. Uh, this You decided to make a horror movie? And it's a I, horror movie and it's very strange. Yeah. It's not even like a kind of, it could be like a food-related horror movie. It's not no. really even a food-related horror movie. <laughs> I find that very interesting. I'm like really intrigued by like, it this is, is the movie this guy chose to make. Or direct. Like, maybe he was chosen for it, you know? <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> like, maybe he had he no like, interest. sure, I guess. Yeah. Paycheck. It's a good cast. Yeah. Well, before we talk about that cast, we should talk about if we liked it. Did you like it? I don't really know. I the the short answer is yes, because it uh, it ticks a lot of boxes and it has an amazing cast, like you've already said, and it's it doesn't do anything wrong. I'm just not sure it really it didn't affect me. You know, it didn't like really reach down deep and touch anything inside of me. It was totally. just sort of like it's there. It's, it's a movie. Yeah, I agree. I think this. That's a short answer. The short answer is yes. Um, the long answer is I don't know. <laughs> well, I really didn't like parts of it. Yeah. Specifically towards the end. But like, yeah, it coasts on goodwill for a long time, but it's not doing a ton. I think that's its, it's, not. its major flaw. We should get out up front is this isn't anything you haven't seen before. It's just being done in a slightly different way, I guess. Yeah, with different people. I mean, we did a movie on this podcast that has a very similar premise called Reanimator. Reanimator. I wrote, that's the first thing I wrote down was I was like, this is Reanimator. Yeah. <laughs> it's very similar. And it has the same, like, it is trying to, the thing that I think maybe hurts it is it is trying to say something. Is it? Yes. Ooh. I think it's, I think it's actually trying to say something and it's not really saying it or it's not saying it in an interesting way or it's not saying it in a different way. I don't know. I think that this movie wants to have a message and it falls very flat. So it's not bad. It's not offensive. It's just, it's not a bad way to kill 80 minutes. If you've got 80 minutes to kill. Yeah. It was very poorly received. Was it? Okay. Yeah. People don't tend to not like this movie. And I sort of went in with that. And I think I enjoyed it in spite of that because I was like, Oh, this isn't, this isn't death gasm. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It's not death gasm, but like it's, it's fine. It's very forgettable. I will, I will say. I agree. I've already forgotten it. <laughs> I told you that this morning. I was like, I, there's, I already forget what this movie's about, and I don't even know if I can talk about it. And I just watched it, what, like, last week. Yeah. Oh, well, this is going to be fun. I'm, yeah, I don't uh, remember it at all. Let's make our way through it. Let's let's talk a little bit about <laughs> Recap, the plot. Yeah. yeah. So it's about a group of scientists. And one documentarian. 
and a, yes a girl who comes in to film their stuff yes though it's not found footage thankfully it could also no, it be starts out found footage Ooh, no, right I just as a effect you, yeah as i always do <laughs> you worry that i was like oh no it. evan's gonna hate this no um this girl comes in to i actually think the way it starts is they're um trying to revive a pig a pig i think the first line of this movie is this pig smells like shit <laughs> and it's just that long shot on that pig and you mm-hmm. hear them conducting science upon it yeah it, it looks like work. a security footage yeah or like something like that it's like black yes, and white black it's and like white. yeah so this team of scientists is trying to revive animals at this point mm-hmm. to a their their goal is to extend the amount of time in which doctors like the period of time the doctors have to save a patient's resuscitate life. Yeah. yeah it's called the lazarus effect as i'm sure and anyone knows what this is about we yeah. also told you it was basically a reanimator yeah lazarus being the man who jesus raised yes from, from the dead death. yes so again a, like not doing anything particularly interesting or new no it's telegraphing <laughs> everything it's doing which is yes this is about bringing things back to life yeah there's lots of uh, explaining the science stuff up front that we're gonna skip past they talk about the pulse array and this serum they use so they inject the, the serum specifically is what they're inventing they're not doing anything different with machinery but yeah. it's the serum that they've created that's from the brain it's the thing that somehow keeps you alive. So they're injecting it into animals. Right. And then um, using electricity to yeah. jumpstart that serum into, in their brain. So that's what they do. They yeah. inject with this serum and then they electrify you, I guess. What's the word for that? Defibrillate? No. Yes. That's what they... Well, I don't, they're no. using a defibrillator. Right. Well, they're using a pulse array, oh. which has a big old switch and you flip right, the switch. Right, the big switch. Ah, uh, yes. A huge plot point later oh. on. Oh, yes. <laughs> we'll talk about the characters in a bit, but just to sketch this out... They're doing their experiments. They have funding at this university that they're at. There's four of them, and then the documentarians. Right. Five of their little group. They resuscitate a dog. They do. It, it is successful. Mm-hmm. They hang out with the dog. For a little bit. It acts weird, but, you know. But not, like... Not super weird. Not super weird. It's... It has, hypothyroid- it has hypothyroidism. Yes. That's what they're... And so it's a little aggressive, and maybe it's jumping around, and it's scaring some of them, but overall, like, it's not attacking them. Right. When all of a sudden... Their research gets snatched away. Shut down. Because they weren't supposed to be doing this. They weren't supposed to be experimenting on dogs. Right. Because they're, they're getting a grant from a school. Yeah. So they're like... And the dean finds out and is yeah, like... Yeah, get the fuck nope. out. So a company comes in. Uh, let me look them up. Krylonis Pharmaceutical hmm. buys the company that's funding them and then gets ownership of all of their materials, 100% right. of them. Which, of course, they get very upset about because it means that they don't get credit for this amazing scientific right. breakthrough. Yeah. So they decide well, they have to come back. Yeah, well, everything's been seized. They have nothing. But they have one extra that they were hiding of the serum. One extra bag of it. Yes, they have a bag of the serum. And the documentary girl has her key card still. Oh, right. Because they didn't take it from her because they didn't realize she was part of the yeah. team. Right, so right, she right. can still get into the building. So they break into the building at night. And they're going to they're gonna figure it out. They're going to do it one last time. They have a different dog They this have a different time. dog. And they're like, we're going to... I don't know what they're... They're filming it. So they're going to film it and they're going to use that as proof that they were the ones who invented this, I okay. guess. Is that Whenever Krylonis does All they does want this. is yeah. the name recognition of like, they're the ones who invented this. They right. don't want the other people to take credit for it. Right. So they break in and... Everything's going great. But then... One of our characters dies. Yes. She it... is the one flipping the big switch and she gets electrocuted. And this is a good point to stop because the rest of this movie is... 
Of course, they bring her back to life using the serum, using the pulse array, mm-hmm. but she's different and horror Spooky. ensues, yeah. basically. Um, and we can we can talk about all that later, yeah. but this is a good point to stop because I want to talk about these characters because mm-hmm. otherwise we can't talk about what happens. <laughs> so I want to say up front, like we said, this is a, a great cast and I really like the chemistry between this cast. So I agree. our main scientists are Frank and Zoe. Mm-hmm. They're married. They're married. Mm. Oh, they're engaged. They're engaged. Yes. They've been engaged for forever. Yeah. They put, a- it, they put the romance on hold for this project. Yeah. Uh, played by Mark Duplass and Olivia Wilde. Mm-hmm. Great. Awesome. I feel like I, re- I realized halfway through that I haven't seen Mark Duplass be this normal ever. He's like, I think he's usually the scary one, at least for me. Like, not or not scary. And he's not guaranteed. He's just odd. Yeah, he's weird. And in this, I just feel like he's very sweet and normal. He's weird in the mini project. He's kind of normal in the league. I haven't seen that. Oh. I mean, they're all weirdos in the league, but... Right. I just... I was surprised. He's He's got, like, hooded eyes mm-hmm. and a furrowed brow, and sometimes that makes him look very creepy, but in this, he was very sweet and amiable and kind. Mm-hmm. Olivia Wilde is his girlfriend. They... Fiance. Fiance. <laughs> they need to get married, but he's not romantic enough these days because he's so caught up in the project, and mm-hmm. she's frustrated because she's also a scientist, and she can handle the romance and the stuff, but he can't, he can't. and... You know how it goes. <sighs> we have Nico. I don't know what his job is specifically, but he's also a scientist. He's a scientist. He's, he's more of a tech guy, I guess. Yeah, he's the one who does all the stuff for the security. Played by Donald Glover. Yeah, which is amazing. Lando Calrissian himself. <laughs> he's also closer friends with Olivia Wilde. We sort of see like they have a. Were they are they exes? That's what I thought too. I think they're exes. So they have a very specific relationship, and you sort of get the idea that maybe he wants. That's the banter about the dental dam, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, Which is very funny. Like, like I said, the chemistry here is real. It's very yes, I agree, and a lot of it is really funny in the beginning. Um, but the two of them, so he clearly maybe like, he's a little bit too empathetic about the their romance not working. Yeah. You know, he's like, well, you don't deserve that. Like, you shouldn't have to settle. In his very big arrows pointing to himself. <laughs> in his very coy Donald Glover way. Oh you know? he, yeah, because he, he he would never tell her to actually leave of him. He he's being a good friend before anything, but you can tell that he is maybe an ulterior motive. Then there's Clay, played by Evan Peters. Yeah, it's who's hilarious. He's yeah. definitely the comedic relief of the first part of this movie, and I, I think that he kind of not cements, but he's he's a his comedy is what shows you how close they all are. Yeah, there's this very sweet scene where he's like smoking in the lab. And Olivia Wilde is, like, scolding him for smoking. And she's like, you can't smoke in here. And um, then he, as he's smoking, they're all looking at, you know, the computer. And he figures out the solution to the problem that they're Yeah, whatever they're talking about. Yeah, and they're like, oh, my God, yes, that's exactly it. And Mark Duplass is like, he can smoke in here now. (laughs) And then he's like, I can smoke in here now. And Olivia Wilde is like, no, 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 no. Yeah. And just that, like, amazing vibe of camaraderie between these people was just so... That's probably the part of the movie that really, you know, made me feel for it in the beginning. You say that you know, you know, you don't think of Mark Duplass being normal. I don't know if I've ever seen Evan Peters be normal. He's a weirdo. I agree. In every role he's I in, I agree. He's very weird. He's pretty weird in this. There's but something he's like that a, he's normal. In. He's like a slacker sort of stoner, weird. which is usually what he is. I feel like. Which we should say, vaping is very central to his character. <laughs> he's constantly vaping. <laughs> yep. Let's see how that works out for him. Yep. And then our. Those are our scientists. And then our documentarian documentarian is Ava. Ava, played by Sarah Bolger from Once Upon a Time and some other stuff. That's what I know her from. I was staring in her face going, I know you from something. And I don't even really watch Once Upon a Time, but I've seen 
what Aurora looks like. So that yeah. must be what I know her from. She is the least famous member of this main cast. Absolutely, yeah. by far. But she's, she's sort cute. of there. She's, yeah, she's, she's cute. Sweet. She's yeah. timid. Did she have sort of a weird, maybe potential thing going on with Mark Duplass? No. No. I don't think the movie, I, yeah. It was one of those things where like, I sort of felt like when... Olivia Wilde and Donald Glover were off together. They were also off together. Well, no, because she's, she's like filming them. So she, I think she might have been doing like a talking head segment. But Mark Duplass doesn't have time for... His one girlfriend. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's... <laughs> yeah. But I wondered if she had interest. That's kind of more what I was going for. Is she kind of trying to get in there? Because there's a very... There's potentially a, an image choice between Olivia Wilde and Ava that they look kind of alike and that she looks like a little bit of a younger version of her. And I wondered if that was purposeful. I literally don't see that at all. Oh, okay. Just oh, me then. <laughs> Ava's a redhead, too. That's also a differentiator. Yeah. And she's not like a red, red, redhead, though. She has like a dark red hair. I'm sorry. I'm look, I'm reading too far into it, clearly. Yeah, I think a little bit. I don't think the movie has it on its mind, at least. Because, okay. again, it tells us that Frank is not, you know, yeah. there enough right. in their romantic relationship. Right. I don't think he's cheating. <laughs> I didn't. No, I'm not. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying that I was wondering if they were setting up. I don't think he has eyes for another if he doesn't have eyes for his incredible scientist I'm wife. I'm more talking about her. You know, I'm more talking about Ava having eyes for him, not the other way around. Mark Duplass is the least attractive person in this cast, so no offense to Mark Duplass. Attractive has nothing to do with it. No offense to Mark Duplass. Actually, Evan Peters probably is less attractive. Depends on what you like. He's got bulgy eyes. Depends on what you like. No offense to Evan Peters. <laughs> You're offending everyone. So that's our cast. They get into heaps of trouble. So now we can sort of talk about some of this plot in a little more. The person detail. who gets brought back, by the way, is Olivia Wilde. We didn't yeah. say that. Yeah. So Zoe, they're trying to revive this other dog. Zoe's the one that's flipping the big switch. And so she's the one that gets electrocuted. She's immediately electrocuted. There's like a, a short, the lights go out. And there's a moment where we realize, like, oh, she's dead. Mm-hmm. So and they inject her. She comes back to life. It, well, takes... it, it, it feels like it doesn't work for a second. Yeah. So and, then like, she, and then when she comes back, she's immediately very weird. Where like... I think they say that she's in shock. So, like, there's a point where she wakes up and she's awake, she's breathing, her eyes are open, but she's she's being very strange. And well, they're trying to, like, get her to move. And then she realizes that she was dead. I think the details of this are worth getting into a little bit. Because I think that what makes this work... Because, again, this movie is telegraphing what it's going to do from a mile away. It is so obvious that... I mean, also she's going to be evil. It's also on the poster or whatever. Like you could tell that, well, no, that she's going to be revived. I mean, like you know that that's mm-hmm. what their experiment is. Mm-hmm. She's electrocuted. Like there's no doubt. Like oh my god, this is so sad. What are they going to like? No, <laughs> she's dead forever now. They're going to nope. revive her. <laughs> and I actually, I mean, it was kind of sad. I think that it's a testament to the acting that I felt a ton of empathy for them right up front. Like, oh, this really sucks. Like yeah. they just needed to get in and get this done. And there's no reason that she should have died, yeah. but she did. Um, there's a little detail of. The engagement ring is on her finger, and it conducted the electricity. And it, oh, it's yeah, burned. it burned her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, no like bearing on the plot. I mean, maybe you can read some symbolism in it. Right. I'm sure there's some intention Something behind there, it. Yeah. But it's just a cool little detail of like, oh, she had this metal ring, and it burned her. Um, and then when they are reviving her, they use a rubber glove to flip the breaker, because they're like, uh, Right, not know. again. <laughs> and then sort of while, while this is happening... Um, there's this element of the the guard, the night guard, is making his rounds. Mm-hmm. So and they I, also have to be hiding and, and covering I, things up. I love using that as a distraction. Because again, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. They could just go through this. But instead they're like, oh, where's the security guard? He's not at his desk. He must be making his rounds. So they have to like hide everything they're doing and shut it down and turn off all the lights. While she's trying to be accustomed to... No, no, no. While she's um, 
after they try to revive her and it, it like nothing's happened uh-huh. and the security guard leaves and they turn back and she's sitting straight oh, up oh yes with the blanket over her yeah yeah, yeah that's a good it, shot too it's a great shot again it's like it's more subtly done in in a movie with very little subtlety there's a couple points of that's subtlety a subtle moment, that i want to yeah. bring up that's one of them that like they're trying to revive their dead friend slash fiance and then there's this other complication which is like We'll get kicked out and arrested. Like yeah, we'll get arrested. We'll get arrested. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They'll get in big trouble. Well, because they they killed someone or someone died on them breaking in which on is the grounds of this college. Very yeah. bad. So it's just it's adding this other problem that is very simple, very realistic, not contrived at all. And then like it's it is resolved because the guard doesn't catch them. He just is making his rounds and he doesn't you know he stops for a moment, but he's like oh he goes on his way. And then they're like back to our first problem. And back to our first problem, <laughs> and then. It's her being alive. And I think that's mm-hmm. really fascinating. The first thing she says, of course, is, did I die? Did I die? Which is only after a few minutes of them shining lights in her eyes and yeah. stuff. Like, she grabs his wrist and says, did I die? And then she kind of goes back to normal for a little bit, right? Like, she's... She's the Zoe that they know. She's off. F- she, she's off, but as you'd expect as you'd, from someone who had just died and come back to life. I, can, I think in a realistic way. Like, she's not, yes. like, doing weird things. She's, she's not immediately monstrous. She yeah. just is a little strange, which is fine. Yeah. Again, she came back to life. She's getting accustomed to it. We should talk about when... I think there's a... I don't have the timeline of this quite down. But she has a a recurring nightmare about something that happened in her childhood where she was in an apartment building and she saw her neighbors... The apartment building was on fire. It was on fire. And her neighbors were locked inside their building with their fingers sticking out from underneath the door. And she's watching it as As a child. As a child, yeah. So that's something. And we find out that that's where she was when she was dead. Mm-hmm. you just reliving that moment was over reliving over that again. moment over and over again and she was like the trope of oh i feel like i've been dead i was i was there for years it felt like eternity a hundred years you yeah. know um but of course it was i don't know maybe half an hour probably even less than that Did they revive her that quickly i think they immediately went to revive her yes yeah. so that's that's something in the background of this mm-hmm. um so they're kind of just like sitting in this lab their goal i guess at this point is to make sure she's okay before getting the hell out of there yes so they're they're doing an MRI on her and they're like, you know, shining lights in her eyes and they're like testing her motor functions, all, mm-hmm. you know, sciencey stuff. And then there's that classic moment that I feel like has to come up in every science horror movie where she's in the MRI machine and they discuss that that, that famous, you know, trope of yeah. humans only using 10% of their brains. And they actually kind of debunk it in an interesting way, which I thought, which is that like, it's not that humans only use 10% of their brains. It's that we only use 10% of our brains at one time. Yeah, which is a clever is, little, yeah, you know. Yeah, that's an interesting way to phrase that. And so, but now, of course, with this serum, she's using like way more, like ninety percent of her brain at one time. Right, that's what Clay says. It's like the problem is that she has too much neural activity. Yeah, and they also experience this with the dog. They know that because I referenced this earlier. The dog was having like hypothyroidism issues, and his brain was like really lighting really up, really active. And the serum, once they revived him, the serum was supposed to like filter out through the body and sort of dissipate. And it wasn't. It's not. So yeah. for the the couple days that they were dealing with the dog and like sort of doing those experiments before their project got shut down, they're like, "Wow, this serum is like really still." It won't dissipate. Yeah. yeah, which is fascinating. And that sort of pseudoscience, the scientific aspect of this that I sort of wanted to talk about, which is, I mean, aside from their many questions about like, do dogs have memories and how can we really evaluate this because it's a dog that then changes when it's a human they've revived, right? A lot of this focuses, as so many things do, on the the pineal gland, um, which I'm almost certain we talked about in Reanimator. It's a part of the human brain. Descartes called it the seat of the soul, and then George Bataille and Lovecraft were like, "Cool, let's, <laughs> let's do <use> that <laughs> crazy shit with it." So it's like a thing that like 
both in I was gonna say like actual pseudoscience, which I don't know anything about like what that would mean. That would mean or like what what are what are what are real pseudoscientists like? They probably don't call themselves pseudoscientists, first of all. <laughs> they call themselves scientists. Pa- paranormal whatever. Right. Um but especially as a trope in in fiction is like the pineal gland is the thing you access that either like ties you to some other dimension or is part of like how people are revived from death in Lovecraft. Like I'm almost certain it's what we talked about. I feel like we had this conversation about reanimator. Anyway, their theories about it. Frank and Zoe disagree. Mark Duplass and Olivia Wilde mm-hmm. because Mark Duplass is a skeptic and Zoe is like a lapsed Catholic and he gives her a hard time about that. Oh, because they discuss the soul. That's what always comes up is them talking right. about like the idea of like if your body is dead, your soul continuing, and that's what and that's what their science kind of hinges on is that like it's, if the soul continues, they can bring it back. Well, what they're into talking the about, body, right? Part, part of the, part of their theory is, and I don't know any of the truth behind this, so please don't quote me. <laughs> it's what this movie says. So when you die, your brain floods with DMT, which is a drug that's like um, feel good. Yes, uh, I forgot about this element of it. Yeah, and uh, it makes you hallucinate. It's like a very powerful hallucinogenic. Right, and it's them talking about like so when you see the white who, light. Yes. So Zoe believes, her belief is that the reason that the brain floods with DMT, again, I don't know if that's real or just in the movie, is that it helps the soul move on. It's like ushering the soul into... The next part of life. Whatever. Yeah. She's not going as far as religious as Frank accuses her of being. And Frank's like, oh, you just want to believe in God and the afterlife. And, and heaven. And yeah. she's like, no, I just want to believe in something in the soul and in something higher. Right. And he's like, no, it's just your brain protecting itself from the pain of death. Right. So that's also sort of in the background here. Right. Um, and I find all that aspect of this really interesting. I'm glad that it's rooted in science. Again, whether or not there's any reality behind any of what they're saying is... Sort of irrelevant to me. I'm glad that they're trying. Or this yeah. movie is, is trying. Well, that's what I said. It's I said earlier, I think it is trying to have a message. It is trying to say something. Oh, you about... think that's the message? No, but it's a, it's one, it's a part of the message. I feel like we should revisit that message once we've finished it up. Yes. But interesting. I didn't sort of connect those things. I think that it's this science versus religion debate that it dips its toe into. It has no payoff of. I don't think no, it, like, the movie's not. The movie doesn't have an opinion on it, but it's definitely a part of what the movie is trying to communicate. Yeah, it's it's it briefly plays with it. I I think it sort of abandons it, um, or at least the dichotomy. She says she thinks she was in hell. Yes, reliving this worst memory and of her you, life. And you know that like there's there's some guilt aspect of it. Like she does not. This memory isn't just oh what a horrible sight to see me watching my neighbors die it, it's some guilt aspect as well that she thinks she's being punished for something she thinks that she went to hell to be punished right so anyway back to they're doing these tests again it's the same night they're trying to i, I don't see i don't remember why they don't just leave they're trying to figure trying to out sure she's okay i'm pretty sure and then yeah. they have to wait for the right time to leave i think they have to make sure that they're going to avoid the guard they have to like get out of there and take and take all the stuff that they need and everything has to be okay. And I don't think they're not like, at this point, they're not, nothing is wrong. Right. They just want to make sure that everything's okay before they leave. After they do the MRI on Olivia Wilde and they're like, way too much brain activity. Whoa. She starts to be able to hear everyone's thoughts. Yeah. Which isn't always a great thing. You don't always want to hear everyone's thoughts. <laughs> yeah. And again, it's, it's more, you know, the typical, you know, people are thinking, oh my God, what's wrong with her? Um, she could also, there's a, a really well shot sequence is she's like 
she can move a pen that's across the room mm-hmm. and like rolls it off and onto the floor. So like she started to develop like psychic power. She could she's telekinetic, yeah. Now read thoughts that she's telekinetic, and that's mm-hmm. like she doesn't know what to do with that. So she no, because she doesn't realize it at first. It's hard to realize when you're hearing thoughts because you're like they do that classic kind of like what did you say and then it's like yeah. i didn't say anything and but you but she can hear it as clear as day it's not she, even like it's like far off she's confused and she's a little yeah. overstimulated so she goes to sleep so she decides to take a nap and ava is watching her sleep she puts a little blanket over her she's trying yeah. to be nice when all of a sudden she turns and she's in the oh, the hallway the hallway that's on fire with the people trying to escape with the little girl and I guess I, I I wasn't sure what to make of this. Uh, like, what's what's happening here? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I assumed it was that, like... So Olivia all is asleep, and they're in the same room, and she's sort of projecting. Like, she has this ability to, like, project her dream or her memories mm-hmm. out into the world. So she's, like, she's manipulating the world around her from, right. like, at, while she's asleep. And I don't, how do they get out of that? Do you remember? Because then she... Isn't she in, like, a white space and... There's there's multiple. Once she leaves the burning hallway, then she's like in a white space, and then she has to be kind of ripped out of that. Somehow. Yeah, I don't know. It's very it's very surreal and confusing. Yes, um, but I think you're right that it's like Zoe's projecting this onto reality because she has a real cut on her arm at the end of it. Yes, because the, yeah. the, the there were hands on her, weren't there? Right. Um, so the hands were grabbing her, and so when she wake when she you know quote unquote wakes up. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, you were just dreaming. And she's like, no, I physically, like, was touched by something. Yeah. So as we're talking about this, Clay keeps going on about, like, Zoe's brain is doing things that the human brain was never designed to do. His theory is, like, it's, uh, like, rapid evolution. Um, which, you know, I don't have anything to say <laughs> about that. Probably not. <laughs> uh, Eva, Eva thinks that the DMT was, like, supposed to th- let her soul through. She now believes in uh, Zoe's theory about... The higher power. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it wasn't able to let her through, so she's, like, trapped in limbo, limbo mm-hmm. um, either by the serum or something to that effect. I don't know. It's not really clear. None of them have, like, they're not sitting around, like, pontificating. They're just sort of, like... They're kind of yelling at each other. Yeah. And Olivia Wilde's just sort of sitting there, like... Watching them. Yeah. And which, I don't... She does not like this. She doesn't no. like being talked about this way. No. She doesn't like being, like, treated like a... Like Science a, experiment. Yeah. Yeah. Which they are. That's exactly what they're doing. 100%. The next wrinkle that they encounter that sort of sets off the chain of events, the chain of events that is the rest of this movie, is that Nico finds out that someone has been copying all their data for months um, through some like program on the, the university, presumably Coriolanus Pharmaceuticals. But it means that because they've been in the lab doing stuff that night, somebody, if they're looking at the data, knows they're there. Right. Uh, like so they're like, gotta go fast. Like we gotta get the Let's hell get out, out of here. here. Because, again, we just, like, broke into this, and this mm-hmm. is not We're going to get in big trouble. 100%. So, they're like, okay, we got to pack everything up and leave. I think leave. Mark Duplass is like, my wife's alive, that's all we have to do. Or yes. girlfriend, whatever. Um, we That's all I needed, we just got to get out of here now. Like, things have started to kind of... So, there's they sort of, like, split up to, like, sort, sort of pack up and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, this is one of my favorite shots of the movie. Olivia Wilde is by herself. Yeah. Um, She's looking in the mirror. Yeah, yeah, and in the bathroom. She Does she crack the mirror with her brain? Yeah. So she cracks me with her brain. She's just like, she's lo- clearly losing control, but also like gaining control of what she plans to do. And in the mirror, you can see, you can see the side of her face that's in the still unbroken part of the mirror and the side of her face that's in the cracked side of the mirror. And the cracked side is smiling at her. 
and you can see that the unbroken side is scared. Yeah. So it like it's clearly very representative of like there are two sides of her at this moment. Like uh, duality. I know it's 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 heavy handed, but it was a great. It's a really frightening shot, and like we always have this discussion. I think during these kind of like scientific horror movies of like when does it really start becoming a horror movie? Because mm-hmm. like we said, a lot of the stuff at this point is just fun. Yeah. It's fun. It's pseudoscience, and there's a, the dog is really cute. I wrote that down. I just love this. There's dog. a couple. There's a couple scare moments with the dog. Yeah, but it's not. It's not. Yes, I yeah I agree. But like the this is the first I think in my opinion first the one where she's sitting up with the blanket on her and then this moment where she's looking in the mirror was just I think mm-hmm. this is when I was like I'm actually scared. Yeah. And then that she also kills the dog in that moment too. Is that right there? The dog comes to find her and is barking at her, and then it you know goes away. Long shot down the hallway and you hear the dog like crying. That's true. She then there's a moment with really good cinematography. Again, they're like packing up and stuff. Nico's in the room adjacent to the MRI room. It's like, it's like a locker room, kind of. Like, it's where equipment is kept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's packing up, and then he's, like, looking at the MRI room where the lights are flickering, mm-hmm. and Zoe shows up behind him. You obviously know something bad's gonna happen. There's a little exchange between them. She ends up crushing him to death? Yeah, she throws him into the locker. Into a locker. And, and then crushes the locker. Compresses the locker like a... It's awful. It's terrifying, and you see the blood run out. Mm-hmm. So now she's killed one of her scientist teammates and her best friend, presumably. Like this is this is like her one of her best friends. Yeah, but he they're, all, they're all friends. They're all friends. She and Clay aren't close though. She and Nico are like close. Fair enough. And you know now I think we're supposed to be pretty scared of her, Absolutely. but the rest of the team doesn't know anything. Um, I don't remember what the sets off the next encounter. With Clay. Probably just that they can't find Nico. They can't yeah. find him and she's being so weird. Oh yeah. And she like she's moving her head really quickly and she's like And she's not speaking a lot except to kind of just be threatening. Yeah. And they're also having arguments internally with themselves, which is that like I think Clay and Ava kind of want to like maybe get somebody else involved. There's a great moment. This is one of my other favorite lines. I, this, I think this is around the same time. But um, they're fighting about like what they should do about it. Mm-hmm. And I think either Clay or Ava says, um, we need to like call someone. And Frank is like, no, if we get anybody else involved, they'll take her away and they'll do experiments on her. Mm-hmm. And then we hear his thoughts because um, so he can hear thoughts. And in his thoughts, he says, it's what I would do. Oh Which is God. like a great, I just thought it was an amazing moment of like what people say inside their heads that mm-hmm. he would obviously never say out loud, but that at the end of the day, he is a scientist. Well, he also doesn't want her to go away. He Like, that's genuine. That's right, genuine no, of like, course, he, would, he, doesn't want, he doesn't want that to happen to her, but the idea that like, if this was a different person, he would want to, he, he wants, mm-hmm. he wants to know the science of this. And, uh, and that's what he's thinking about. And that's, I thought that was so interesting. I thought that was a very interesting insight to his character about like, what I said earlier, that he's very sweet. He's very kind. Um, but that like at heart, like that's something that he feels is like that draw to science that, you know, overcomes mm-hmm. morality a little bit. And it, I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Okay. So they're all together talking about what to do. Clay is being real mouthy. Oh yeah. He is. <laughs> As he's been the whole movie, you know, like that's, that's, mm-hmm. he's being pretty, pretty typical. He says what he, he thinks. So Zoe decides with her telekinetic powers to make him choke to death on his vape. She like shoves it down his throat. <laughs> yeah, with her mind. And winks at him in slow-mo, which oh is God. terrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah. Olivia Wilde is terrifying in this movie. She is very scary. And like. She, you know, she, she's got like cheekbones already and they just seem to get even sharper 
and more she gets like more gaunt mm-hmm. as the movie goes on it's just so scary they try to save him but no he's he's dead he has he's a vape dead. in his throat and... i think they like they actually do like reach in and pull it out yeah, yeah. he's already dead he's right? already dead like, yeah. yeah and zoe's just being fucking weird is it when they turn around that uh she's like making all the furniture float yeah i think so yeah so like they're saving him they turn around and she's like hovering in the air all the furniture in the room is like floating and rotating yeah which i want to talk about right now i hate i think it's really stupid yeah it looks silly. and i really don't like from here on out i think that up up until now it's worked from here on out everything we're talking about zoe is basically omega phoenix does that mean anything to you from um the x-men yeah yeah. That's actually exactly what she is. She's she like, even has the black eyes. She's Dark Phoenix. That's really interesting. I didn't yeah. even think about that, but that's exactly who she is. Picture, yeah, picture Phoenix coming yeah. back after she's dead. But that's all that's happening is that like she's like there's no reason for her to make the furniture float or for that to have happened behind them in the same room. Yeah. But like, no, it's just like, oh, that'll be scary and weird looking. But she can is, do things. This is when like there's no going back from this moment. Her eyes are also, you're right, they've turned black. They turn black. She's a demon. She's not a demon. <laughs> She's not literally a demon. This movie's about science. Right. <laughs> but no, her eyes have gone black. Maybe they haven't gone black yet. Not yet. At some point they do. But uh, this is the moment where like there's no, they know that they're terrified of her. Yeah. She, so they, like, she did everything with the dog with Nico in secret and she could still kind of pretend like mm-hmm. she was on their side. It's over now. They're terrified of her. She's out for blood. So they run. Uh, and I, I wrote down, this is like, this gets kind of scary uh, mm-hmm. for a PG-13 movie. Mm-hmm. Um, this gets pretty scary. And Frank and Eva, and Frank is like fully, he understands the situation. He's like, he's ready to sacrifice himself. He's like, you do not let her leave this lab no matter what. He gives her like, gives Eva these syringes that will sedate Zoe. Like, mm-hmm. here, use these to, to get and her he down. he takes one himself to he go takes get one. her. And he's like, you do not let her leave this lab because this, this girl's fucking shit up. Yeah. Like, this is... And if she gets out into the world, she will continue to do that. She'll be too powerful and... Exactly. Yeah. I do like this aspect to it, which is he then, Frank goes to confront her, and he is blaming himself, mm-hmm. which I think is really important to the, like, the core empathy of this movie, which I sort of want to revisit later, but, you know, Olivia Wilde is, like, sobbing, and she's like, do you still love me? And he's like, of course. Of course, but it's not and what she it's... can read his mind, and he's yeah. really scared of her. He's terrified. So she feels betrayed, and she's like, no, so she... Crushes she... his head. Is that... She takes his head in her hands and she sort of like shakes it. I thought she was like melting his brain. It's it's something like that where she, something about his brain and his head in her hands and she kills him. She He's kills dead. him. Yeah. I think that's when she switches to black eyes. I think you're right. Because there's a fantastic shot, which is that like that's happening in this hallway. Eva's still hiding. Um, Frank like slumps to the floor. Mm-hmm. He's fully dead. And Zoe starts to walk away. And it's like a slow pan over to where Eva is like hiding behind the counter and like yeah. is terrified. Mm-hmm. It's really with really her great. hand over her mouth. I love when people do it in horror movies when they yeah. have to physically like restrain themselves, restrain themselves from crying out or from breathing so they don't get hurt. I love it. Yeah. So then Zoe goes to shoot more of the serum into herself. She like takes that's all... her big plan now, right? Is just to amplify her own power. Yeah. Again, Omega Phoenix. It's so silly. I wrote down like, mm-hmm. how the fuck is Eva going to do this? Because like. She's just becoming more and more powerful. Yeah, like, she's just taking on like a god now. Yeah. It's like very confusing. I, I had no idea what was going to happen. I was like, okay, this is... But that's the that's the shot I think of when I think of this movie is her with that. It's like, the, it's like it looks like a little it's gun. A, it's an injector. Yeah, 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 so it's to her head and she's injecting her brain full of serum. Yeah. 
Um, she uses up the whole bag. Yeah, she. Yeah, it's a lot. So then Eva's just like looking for Zoe in the darkness. There's opera music playing because apparently they listen to opera music down here. That's well, that's the whole thing. That's from the beginning too. She listens to like the magic flute uh, uh, yeah. on the record player. I don't get it. Like when that, she's working. Is that really what they're listening to down here? Is that what Nico and Claire are okay with? Like, <laughs> no, she's the boss. She does that she to is, listen yeah. to. Um, that's her killing music. There's a lot of darkness that I think is really effective. This does this does the thing that I love where there's a lot of um throughout the movie not just at this point but throughout the movie a lot of flickering lights uh to cause drama. Um I don't know when exactly it is but I have it written down that there's a point where the lights are off and it's flickering and you can see her mm-hmm. moving around and other yeah. people moving around and her coming in for the kill. It's always always very effective with me. Mm-hmm. It's kind of ruined at this point with the there's a jump scare of like black eye demon Zoe just like showing up and I like yeah. I really hate those black eyes. It's so unnecessary. It's it's just we, stupid. You actually don't need it at all. No, not at all. Like trust Olivia Wilde's acting. Let her convey the the horror that she has been conveying thus far. You don't have to fucking give her black contacts. It's so stupid. Um. Zoe then, like, Kamehameha's Eva, like, into the hell, into the memory mm-hmm. loop of this. And we get the twist, which is that She's Zoe started the fire. the fire. Yeah, as a child, playing with matches. I felt very, like, ah, yes, I remember as a child being told not to play with matches. And this is clearly what happens. So that's why it haunts her. That's why it's her worst memory. And that's why she believes that she's being punished. Because when she died, she relived this time that she accidentally killed her neighbors by burning down the apartment building that she lived in yeah which actually is pretty horrifying when you think about it it is it's kind of a silly twist but it is yeah i really don't understand what happens from here on out we'll talk well let's let's walk through it but like zoe comes into this memory hell and is walking down the hallway and she gets the matches the little little girl has them behind her hands and she gets the matches and i don't know if that's supposed to just be like that she can save her like i don't understand the point of that like zoe starts burning up though she's like her skin is like on fire on fire it looks so bad Mm -hmm. the effects are so cheap which is something else i want to talk about um eva tricks the like child zoe into like opening the door and then eva stabs zoe in the chest with the syringe the sedative and you think it's over because then she falls down to the ground right she does and you think like okay ava is safe and And then, then well no ava also Gets her in the neck with the other one. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. So yeah. she's, she's got Which it. I thought was brilliant. Again, it's the it's the whole thing of I love smart horror movie characters. She was like, okay, one gotta have, is not enough. One is not enough. <laughs> I can't be lulled in this false sense of security. So she like sort of like collapsed to the floor, like you know, at the end of a horror movie, where it's like, oh my god, what it's the fuck over. just happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's dead, and this is horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, S- sirens, lights start flashing. The police are here. The, well, the fire, the department. fire department. The fire department. So we sort of see like from. The end of the hallway. The end of the hallway, like, the the fire department has, like, come in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, like, there's a moment of, like, real terror where you're, like, oh, shit, Eva's gonna get blamed for all this. Yeah. Like, that's that's what it looks like is gonna happen. Or yeah. something like that. But then it, I didn't have that thought. I was, like, no. oh, good, they're here. She's safe. And she's the safe, fire, yeah. fighter leans down and is, like, what happened? Are you okay? And Eva sort of collapses into him. And they yeah, she's, yeah. like, she's crying. And, they're like, he's kind of holding her. And look over at Zoe who was on the floor but she's gone she's gone there's nothing there turn back zoe's the firefighter yeah when do you realize that do you, she, is she just should she feel her that's like, when she pulls away oh she pulls away and it's zoe and it's in zoe. the firefighter outfit i don't know what's happening and then zoe cracks eva's neck yeah just like boom mm-hmm. um the last shot of the movie is well 
hooks up Frank in the machine. I thought it was all of them. Is it all of them? It's definitely Frank, Eva, and uh Well, okay, so we see... Nico. It, it's Not a, Nico. It's a long horizontal shot as it pants past all of their bodies lying there mm-hmm. they're not all on the table though that's what is confusing i thought but my thought she's was that she's going up. to she's going to revive all of them that's interesting we should talk about this okay, okay. so she lines up all their bodies we see them they're all dead it's like a recap of like look at this it horror. was nico there because i feel like she crushed his body nico was there he was okay yeah. i didn't notice frank is on the what are they called it's like an operating like table. A, yeah examination operating table yeah, yeah. Like that. yeah it's like a big metal table something medical um she sticks the needle into her arm because her... They're out of serum. Well, she took it all. Yeah. She has it all. She's carrying yeah, yeah, yeah. it inside of her and then puts the gun to... Frank's head. His head and revives him. And the last shot is like him waking up. And my thought was that she was going to revive all of them so that they could all be uh, powerful beings together. That's really interesting. Let's talk about this. Okay. So that's our plot. Total plot recap. Mm-hmm. What is happening at the end here? What is going on? Let's start with the more confusing part before we get to the mm-hmm. the post-movie world. Um, first of all, again, I really liked this movie. I think it totally goes down. You downhill. really liked this movie? I really liked the first part of this oh, movie. Oh, okay, okay. I think it goes so far down. This is why I think... In the end, I think it's just okay. Yeah. Because I think that all the chemistry stuff and the science stuff, there's just enough banter, there's just enough information, there's just enough tension. I really care about these characters. All of this, I keep calling it Omega Phoenix, but like all of this, like Super Zoe bullshit is like so bad. Right. It, it, it relies on jump scares, and even the moments of good cinematography and subtlety are ruined. And I don't understand why any of it's happening. How does Zoe get like control reality to the point where she like throws Eva into this personal hell, but Eva thinks she can outsmart? Zoe, and then Zoe she pretends to be and dead. And the whole fireman thing. And the fireman she can thing, manipulate reality to that extent. The fireman like, thing makes no sense to me. I, I, I just don't know what's happening. And I feel like, I one, I can't answer any of your questions. Why not? Because I don't even feel angry about that part of the movie. Like, I just, I kind of feel like I feel nothing. It sort of progresses exactly how you would think. Um, I was faked out. I didn't think that she was going to come back at the end. I thought, I thought that Ava was safe. I did too. Um... So that was a shock, but I don't understand it, and I don't even feel like I'm like. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if the movie like did enough work, to even make me want to understand it. I sort of just turned it off and went. Oh, okay. I think it's totally fair. I think it's really lazy. I, yeah. I totally agree. Because I think there have been movies where a similar thing has happened, where like it doesn't really make sense, and I'm kind of angry about it. Mm-hmm. Like with it, I felt at the end of um Apartment One Forty Three, where I was like. Something here is not right. And I yeah. was so frustrated about like not being able to connect the dots because, the, because I couldn't tell how much work was being done by the movie. This 100%. movie, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good and evil. Heaven and hell. I guess. Uh, I guess. The soul, I science, etc. I don't even uh, think its questions are that big, but yeah. Even if they're not, I mean, that's but that's what I got from it was just sort of this like, this horror movie is asking the big questions and... uh here her she's a black eyed demon and she went to hell and she came back and she wants she's everyone to be a, like her. She's not no, a demon. You know, you know, no, you know what I'm saying though, right? Like I just I found my I just So you don't want to talk about this to care. anymore? No, I would love to talk about it. I want to hear your thoughts. I just I I don't think I have a lot to offer because I feel like I kind of just turned it off and I clearly didn't even think about it for a week. Yeah. You know, like it sort of just went away from me. I agree. It's like I said, it's very forgettable. Um I think What's really frustrating about this is that it gives us a... And again, there is no resolution, right? So when I'm thinking, how is Eva going to stop this thing? The answer is, she does it and she can't. She can't. There and I, no I think it's it. so lazy to back yourself into a corner of like, 
you have now created a villain who is all-powerful. And whenever you create someone who can, like, alter the shape of reality like that, it's like... Like, if if, if Zoe could pretend to be dead to the point where, like, she can make the hallucination create, of yeah. firemen coming in, and, like, this whole... And a fireman's face. Especially that, actually, she she has a weakness. And that's the kind of the thing that they've already set up, is that, like, her guilt is her weakness. So it makes sense that Ava would be able to manipulate her guilt... And destroy her that way. Well, I think my frustration with this movie is that all that goes away when she goes black-eyed and, you know, there is no humanity left in her at that point. Right. Which maybe is the point that Which she can't even so, access the guilt anymore. It's so stupid. Okay. So I've been wanting to talk about this whole time. I think if this movie is doing anything different at all, and I'm not saying different from anything anyone's done, but from the tropes, is that this movie gives us a lot of empathy. It's a word I keep using. It really wants us to buy into these characters. And it gives us... How harrowing it would be to be revived from death, to have, like, gone through this, like, personal hell experience, and then to be alive again and to have to grapple with that. We see almost all of it is in Olivia Wilde's acting, than it is actually the script. Um, But I feel a lot of movies don't do that. You know, it's like, the focus is always on how the revived person is a source of terror for the living, Mm -hmm. which this movie also falls into. But most movies, I feel like, don't talk about, like, what it's like to have died and come back to life and like trying to grapple with that or at least right because it doesn't happen in reanimator at all at least not horror movies right at least not movies like this that are like yes and i find that really interesting and i wish that that had been more the direction it went rather than okay now she's pure evil because that that's what's happened she's just like she gets to that point yeah she's just killing people and like even like her, her vindictiveness her anger and her her dissatisfaction with being treated like a science experiment escalates to mortal violence extremely quickly yeah she murders all of them so fast which is, is why it's probably not it's not about human emotion it's about vi- just her being a violent evil person which doesn't make sense which doesn't make any sense it's, you know it, it, her killing uh clay with the vape is a little bit like this is what bothered her about you yeah. you know when she when she was alive and now it's gonna bother her about you when she's dead or when she's you know mm-hmm. been revived but the nico stuff like why would she kill nico why would she kill and frank and Frank, like because that that isn't she justification. She kills Frank so quickly. Again, if there was, if this movie was tapping more into her anxieties and her, her like fear of being othered, of becoming this freak or something like you know, with the man that she loves and with her friends, and really tapped into that as a source of like why it turns her, then that would have been really really interesting. Instead, it is like it's like a switch. Yeah. Pun intended. It's like a switch that flips. It, it's the, yeah. And it just like, she changes on a dime and she's like, oh, I'm evil now. I'm just going to crush. Like, that's such a creative way to like kill her your first person is like, I'm going to put you in a locker and crush you. It's so capital V villain. And it's like, no, you were a person for the first 45 minutes of this movie. <laughs> and I get to Olivia Wilde's credit. Like we cared. We cared I a lot about her. Yeah, we definitely. cared that Frank wasn't giving her the you know, romantic fulfillment that she needed. And I cared about, like what we talked about earlier, I cared about the argument that they were having about having a soul and, and that whole DMT thing. Like that was all very interesting and it's present in the last part of the movie, but not really. Well, again, the, the, this, the reason I'm on this sort of rant is because you mentioned her guilt. I think like tying it back into that would be great. But by the time we find out that she's the one who burned this down, she's just evil. And the next time we see her, like her skin is crackling off and it's yeah. like, and there's no way to access her from that point. No, She's just all powerful. And what I was going to say is that like her killing everybody, it's sort of meaningless because she's going to bring them back. So like 
well, not and not not meaningless to the movie, meaningless to her. That yeah. like it doesn't take. She doesn't have to be so angry at Clay before she kills him. She doesn't have to be so angry at at Mark Duplass. She just has to be angry enough to snap their necks and then bring them back, and then they'll be like her. Like it's not the stakes are. But again, there, I again, guess. why I don't understand. Like, if there's something about this about her wanting to not be alone. And, like, have all these, all of her friends and yeah. Eva, who she met three days ago, like, be to join her in this, like, sort of liminal existence. That would be something. But no. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. It doesn't set that up at all. Even if that's what the movie's trying to do at the end, yeah. with, like, that's what she's doing. It gives us... It does not... I'm doing more work right now yeah. to connect those dots. Because, again, her anxieties just manifest as rage and there's no subtlety at that point and it's very frustrating because if if that is our explanation for what the ending is if it's her being like i don't be alone you all treat me like a freak now we're all freaks fucking put that in no just like put that in there yeah put put in more character moments of real humanity that make us feel like evil evil zoe is a scared Zoe racked by guilt trying to deal with right. being alive. But that's probably, not well, just that's probably not what it is. It's just that like evil breeds evil. You know? Like she's not like, I don't want to be alone. She's just like her programming is just like make more of me. Which doesn't make you sense. Know? That's like that's like a that's like an alien or a monster movie where like the the evil thing gets inside a host and then wants to propagate. That's what I'm know? saying. Evil breeds evil. Like that's 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 sure. that's what kind but of that's villain not she's what's become. Ha- that's not what's happening in this movie. This movie's about bringing people back to life, not an infection that wants to to propagate, like Alien. You know, that's not what Right, this true, because she still has her human brain. Like, what about her human brain? What about her human brain doesn't feel guilt about killing people, but feels enough emotion to want them to come exactly. back? Like, I don't... Yeah, that doesn't make and sense. And if we're drawing a parallel to, like, again, this is about bringing people back to life, zombies don't try to create other zombies. Yes, they do. They're it not de- trying... No, no, no. It depends no, no. on how zombies get created. Okay. Uh, in whatever undead bring back about. to life zombies typically are not trying to th- their goal is not create more their goal is feast on flesh or brains or whatever the fuck oh and maybe that just incidentally creates more well yeah well, what do you think about werewolves and vampires then that is more complicated right okay. that is like that is usually considered a species zombies are considered a species right zombies are, are undead humans well those so zomb- vampires sure but they're considered like a in most popular things they're considered like a separate thing vampires have culture vampires have community and society zombies don't have society you know what they i mean do in certain movies what movies warm bodies that's like a comedy though still that's okay that's different that is that's riffing on come on don't be difficult here i'm not being difficult i'm presenting potential that, questions that's riffing on tropes right sure yes. but that's it's just an idea of it and i'm saying that zombies have the capability of communities <sighs> that's not the point <laughs> i know we went down a rabbit hole you heard what I'm saying, though. I absolutely, I agree with you. This is not her. Her trying to revive them at the end doesn't make any sense to me. I agree. Her trying to revive just Frank a little bit does, but I think it's really stupid. But I think you're right. I think that she's her trying letting, to revive all. I think you're right. Plant, yes. I didn't think about that. It's not. I think that's really bad. I think the whole uh, climax and denouement of this is really stupid. I agree. Again, I really like the empathy, and it just throws it out the window. It's like, just so I liked frustrating. The first thirty to forty-five minutes of this movie, a lot. While we're on the topic, can I talk about something else I thought really didn't work about this? Yes. This movie, first of all, it was made very cheaply, which was good for it because it made a lot of money, because mm-hmm. they spent almost nothing to make it. It looks so goddamn cheap. Mm-hmm. It's basically a bottle episode. Yeah. Like, absolutely. 
it takes place in four rooms, and then they go upstairs twice, and then they go to somebody's apartment once. Which they're they, probably just using the same shot of that uh, fire scene over and over again. hundred <laughs> percent. Like, they like, just did that one time. And the CGI in it is really terrible. Yeah, it is. So again, this movie, this movie looks like it cost about five dollars to make, and they spent all their money paying the actors. The incredibly famous actors are all in this movie. They didn't pay the actors that much. I think it's like a three million budget or something. Like, well, they did it for love. I will look it up uh, so we can chime back in. But no, I think that's that really is unfortunate because the talky, you know, first part of this movie with all the chemistry and the good actors doesn't need to be more than just a bottle episode in a lab with mm-hmm. like... I think bottle episodes in horror movies are very interesting. Somebody, you, have to, you have to do a lot of creative work. Somebody comments that it looks like the Millennium Falcon, right? Like, they're... Did they? I don't remember. That's cute, though. Maybe I just thought that. But, like, that they're... <laughs> that they're I'm almost certain somebody says it. Like, someone says that, like, their equipment looks like the Millennium Falcon, and they're totally right, and then it looks like it was designed 40 in years 70s. ago. <laughs> and it's just, like, it's big red circles that pass for lights or buttons, and, like, you know... Is that not purposeful at all? I don't know. Maybe. It could be. It still looks like cheap production design. It looks like... Their production design budget was so low, and the set is just, it's so spare. It doesn't even give us a sense of it, is the other problem. If this felt like a floor plan that we knew, like in a good horror movie that you, as you watch it, you're establishing, you know, where the rooms are. That's very true. I have no idea the setup of this place at all. Absolutely Rooms lead to other rooms, and I have no idea where anything is. Exactly, because people just appear in rooms, and then... And their apartment is very, uh, like, non-lived in. It's very just, like, an apartment. It looks like a set. Yeah. (laughs) Which is very frustrating. Yeah, it was made for three million and it uh, grossed twenty five. So that's wild. Olivia Wilde. <laughs> wow. Sorry, I don't have more to say about this movie. I really, I it was kind of a nothing one for me. It's okay. I mean, I think we've, I think we've talked about a lot. I think that again, I went on my whole rant about it abandoning its empathy. Yep. <laughs> Can I rant about something else that I hate? Yes. There is no fucking payoff with the Crylonus Pharmaceuticals, like. You're right. First there of all, isn't at all. They cast um, the the main bad guy of that is Ray Wise. Yeah, it's amazing. He's great. Yeah, and he's in. He probably has like five lines. Yeah, and so it's like, oh, that's something that's going to come back later. And nope. like, he's going to be the enemy who's trying to steal our stuff. No, they come in, they take all of their equipment, and they leave. And they are mentioned. They're mentioned once because they're like, oh, somebody's been watching somebody, us. Yeah, somebody knows all our data. It's probably Crylonus, but like. That's fucking irrelevant, you know? It could also be the university just tracking them. It doesn't have yep. to be Crylonus. Yep. I, we have no idea, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Raywise is totally and wasted. you know what? It wouldn't really matter if everyone had died at the end. If ev- if literally everyone was dead. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't matter, because then, inf- then they have the science, and it's done. The fact that now they're all going to come back to life it means that Crylonus is going to have to come up again, and, like, we have no sense of what that's going to mean at all. Again, this movie is so small and thinks so small. Again, to its major detriment, it doesn't really do anything with the big questions that it tries to half-assedly engage with. But it feels like it's setting itself up for a fucking sequel. And it's like, you can't, you can't... You didn't put enough thought into this no, type of sequel. <laughs> not at all. But doesn't that feel like what is... Yeah, totally. Absolutely. That's very frustrating. No, you don't get a sequel. <laughs> I hope not. You gotta work harder for a sequel. David Gelm, keep making documentaries about food. Please. Because those are good. <laughs> Everybody likes Jiro Dreams of Sushi. It's fine. It's All right. it's cute. Maybe I'll watch it. I love sushi. I've heard good things about Chef's Table. I've never watched it, but okay. I love food. I love documentaries. I love horror movies. But not this one. Just not this one. <laughs> <sighs> well, are you ready to put it in the metal locker and crush it to death? 
Yikes. Yeah, I think I am. You ready? <laughs> yeah. Let's pull up that roulette and uh, move the hell on. All right, we've got the roulette up. Go ahead and spin it. Next week's movie will be... Oh, no. The Human Centipede. Uh... <laughs> I've lived my entire uh... life not having seen it. I can't believe... My downfall is now. You have to now. I have seen it. Can I tell you a story about it really quickly? Human Centipede first sequence. Is it called first sequence? Yes. Oh my God. That's so silly. When I was in college, I had a teacher, my, um, my theater into film teacher, um, told us all that we had to watch it. Uh, he was like, you have to be aware of the pop culture around you. Even if you're not a horror movie person, even if you're not like, you know, you won't like it. You have to be aware of things. So you can participate in the conversation about them. So he's the person who introduced me to hate watching, and I've never gone back. So shouts out, <laughs> thanks, Sunil. I am not excited, but I'm excited for you to watch it. Why would you want this to happen? Because to me? it's gonna be so funny. <laughs> it's awful. You're gonna hate it so much. I'm so upset. Uh, give it your best shot. At least it's a movie. Maybe the viewers have seen. Oh yeah, I'm sure everyone's seen it except for you. I'm not sure of that. Actually, there's there's probably a lot of people out there who have studiously avoided this just like you have. Yeah, because they're smart like me. <laughs> oh, God. I'm so upset. I know. It's going to be horrible. So, two weeks from now, tune in for Human Centipede. <laughs> Are you so dreading it? I'm stunned into silence. Uh, oh, well. Until then, be sure to check us out on our website at NowScreaming.com. And on Twitter and Facebook at NowScreaming. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Go ahead and leave us a rating and review. As I sit here defeated about human centipede. You sound so upset. I'll power uh, through. This yeah, is... we'll get through it. We got to do it. We got to do it for other people who haven't seen it. That's our job, isn't it? Yes, it is. We, we take the bullet. So you don't have to. So they don't have to. Thanks, as always, to Wes Craven for not bringing yourself back to life. <laughs> Oh, yeah. He would destroy the world, for sure. Absolutely. I wonder if I uh, used that one before. I don't think you did it for Reanimator, no. No. I don't think so. But uh, thanks for thanks for not playing God, or Omega Phoenix, as it were. <laughs> and uh, knowing that human life has a, a natural ending. I'm, I'm surprised to hear that coming from you. <laughs> I'm going remind to you, remind you of that when you're dying, and you're like, human life has a natural ending. That's funny, because I'll never die. <laughs> I'll never die. On that note. On that note. (laughs) See you in two weeks, everybody. Bye. (laughs) I'm so defeated.